Blog Talk Radio. And welcome back to the greatest show on earth that is Talking Terror. As always, I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, Andy G, welcoming you to this episode of the show where we're going to be talking about Tokyo Ghoul, directed by Kintaro Hagiwara in 2017. This is the Ghoul Geek Keith's pick, and what better way to bring him on than our Ghoul? Welcome, sir. Fuck the hopes and dreams. I just want to die. Unfortunately, there's a quote from the movie that we're not going to see because, you know, that was, uh, that was actually said in the anime itself and not in the film that we're covering tonight. Hello, everybody. <laughs> How you doing tonight? <laughs> we hope you're doing so well out there. And we're also joined by the psychotic simian, the mad monkey, the prince of Moore's day. Yes, get funky with the monkey. Yes, keep it a funky, keep it a fresh. This is the Mad Monkey broadcasting to you live from the Drunken Monkey Rehabilitation Clinic, where we, the Talking Terror crew, will be coming in your ear for the next two hours. We hope you fucking like it, because we're going to bring you horror news, we're going to be bringing you movie reviews, and we're going to be doing it all in the Talking Terror fashion. So make sure you listen on Spotify, make sure you listen on iTunes, make sure you listen on Blog Talk. We don't really care, just as long as you fucking listen. What's up, guys? <laughs> Hi, Monkey. Hello, Monkey. Hi, <laughs> So glad to have you here as well. Uh, we are not joined tonight by the demonic dean because he's got some things to do in his family life, so he had to break that uh, great record he was having for a while of being on air with <laughs> us, so unfortunately he won't be joining us, so... Uh, and he will not be able to join in our Tokyo Ghoul chat later on in the show that I know we're all just looking forward to so, so much. Um, so we're going to get there. Um, but, you know, since, you know, we, we are here and I know that you guys have a new show on Disney Plus uh, that just debuted uh, Loki. Uh, I know that both of you guys have seen the first episode and the Ghoul was seen the second. But, uh, you know, why don't you guys take some time and, and give your thoughts on uh, the new one, Loki. Uh, you know what? I never went around and watched the second one today, so I'm just uh, I'm just going off the thoughts on the first episode. Uh, oh, okay. Monkey said that he wasn't going to be able to do it, so I didn't bother. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know about you, Monkey, but so far I am enjoying the crap out of what they are starting to uh, put into place here. Yeah, dude, I'm definitely digging this uh, 60s retro vibe that they're putting out there. There's some definitely uh, 60s feel as far as definite sci-fi covers like it was giving me major flashbacks to just my dad's you know massive science fiction collection at home of just a whole bunch of novels all over the place i was just giving me huge flashbacks to just the cover art for all, all those books from that time and yeah i like how they're messing with us though and you know i'm hoping we're going to get a little bit of a mix of wandavision and um <clears throat> Falcon and Winter Soldier, where 
we're we're going to get a little bit of a mind fuck. You know, that's what I'm hoping is, you know, we're not going to go straight up 100% action, you know, and maybe not as weird and twisty as WandaVision was because apparently, even though you and I really, really enjoyed it, you know, uh, the, it's just the feedback, unfortunately, for it was that the people just didn't get it. Yeah, I mean, I know I, uh, you know what it is, is I... From what I saw as far as reactions to WandaVision went were the people that were expecting something more along the lines of an MCU film were unhappy with it. Whereas the people that were, the people that kind of knew what we were getting with it from the start had no problems with it whatsoever um, and, and actually found a lot of enjoyment in it. Uh, you know, and, and it's funny, but, like, as much as I know I enjoyed Falcon and Winter Soldier, I didn't see anybody, like, running around and singing that show's praises either, which I felt was more like the regular MCU fair. Yet, you know, it seemed like for, for as much positive feedback as, as was heard on it, it wasn't like people were freaking out thinking it was, like, the, the next big thing. Um I think this should, you know, if it's done correctly, it's going to strike a, a weird balance. I think it's going to kind of play somewhat to a, a, a little bit of a, an action flair. But for the most part, what we're going to be looking at is some heady stuff. It's going to kind of go a little bit more the WandaVision route in that we're dealing kind of with alternative universes here. We're looking at some weird stuff. And, uh, and yeah, we're, we're going we're gonna to see where this whole thing goes. You know, I know that the... Uh, you know, without any kind of spoilers, you know, I know right now the rumor mill is abound that, you know, the, the person that runs the TVA is Loki himself. People have thrown, you know, the Mephisto idea back out there again, which I'm pretty sure Marvel and Fig and all them, like, just pretty much squashed that right from the start. They were like, yeah, That's just what so I heard you people too. know, Mephisto is not involved with this whatsoever, so you can take that theory and stick it up the wazoo. Um <laughs> So we'll uh, we'll see though, you know. It's uh, and of course, you know, we've got all the the poofooers out there who want to cry about. Well, if you know Loki's pulled from the timeline, then why couldn't they save you know Gamora and this one and that one? And why isn't this person you know against the timeline? You know why aren't they a variant as they're they're calling them? Whereas this and that, and it's like listen, people. Okay, we don't need perfection. I understand you want it to somewhat make sense, but when we really, really get down to it, okay, we are dealing with magical, fictional entities that are really fun and really awesome. So sometimes you've got to shut down that reality filter and just kind of go with it, because otherwise you're just going to fucking torture yourself. Yeah, I agree. It's like, you know, yeah. um, I, I enjoy that Marvel is willing to now go a different route than their normal standard fare with the Avengers, you know, and, and they're willing to go and explore other parts of the MCU. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, again, like we said, with WandaVision, it's like just tuck in and just enjoy the ride and see where it's going to take you. Tuck it like Buffalo Bill, people. Tuck it. <laughs> I have to step away for two seconds. I'll be right back. So yeah. keep on going. <laughs> the king is going to go <laughs> masturbate to the MCU now. This, this is what's going to happen. Or, he, 
Or now he's trying to figure out if he can touch Ryan Cockahiz. Maybe that's what he's trying to do is see if he can get it to fit. <laughs> so right now he's sitting there trying to cram that in. Unfortunately, I think I left a pair of my underwear over there, so maybe that's going to be the closest thing he's going to be able to do as a duck. You know, so he's trying to see. He's like, come Nothing on, big boy. Push, <laughs> get in there. You can push that, mu- <laughs> push that mushroom back in the hole, you know. Um, see, this is why I don't let the team watch RuPaul's Drag Race off. with me. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like he's fighting his way back. Get those fucking nasty motherfuckers, man. Do it. Do it. Oh, okay. Don't stop. Get it. Get it. <laughs> what did I miss in the interim? Nothing. Just not talking about you tucking. <laughs> Herpenderp. You what? Herpenderp. <laughs> I don't even know what that is, but okay. <laughs> it's, it's a mild, it's a mild form of herpes that you get when you try try to tuck the wrong way. <laughs> oh, no, no, I, sorry, no. I normally don't step away, but that was a two-second thing. I am back, so all right. Dude, so, cool. Wokey, I guess um, the second episode dropped. Okay, so yeah. Yeah. Um, and just before, and one thing I like us to talk about, just because I don't know if it's on your plans or not, is fucking near dark, man. <laughs> coming back, get a re- getting a restoration, you know, and c- coming back, uh, you know, bigger and better than it was before. But oddly enough, it threw me off. I did not realize that near dark has been out of print for like almost ten years, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it has, and I have two copies. Because as we said last week, I'm that guy. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 we do have a copy of it on DVD, you know, which is why yeah. I hadn't gone to look out for it in a while. But again, it's awesome that they're bringing it back, and you know, it's a movie that you know we all agree needs to be seen and needs to be shared and needs to be enjoyed. It's just, it's one of my favorite vampire movies of all time. Oh, easily, yeah, it's definitely up there for me. You know, I have I have a DVD and I have a Blu-ray because that Blu-ray is out of print now, but. Yeah, that restoration is going to be really nice. That's a movie that I think everybody should check out at least once. You know, fantastic Western meets vampire movie. Yeah, but plus, you know, Lance Henriksen is just so fucking good. <laughs> he's, all, he's just good in anything. <laughs> Give me a Lance Henriksen movie any day and I'm happy. Guy just, you know, he's just a delight to watch. But, yeah, so that's, yeah, Near Dark is something. But I, uh, as I was telling you guys in the group chat last weekend and then uh, up until today, I finally got to watch The Conjuring 3. Made it. I did it. Completed it. How did that go? Only took me half a week. (laughs) Only took me half a week because of the buffering issues that HBO Max is having. That thing kept buffering out like a motherfucker. Like, yeah, I was like, oh, man, this this movie does not want me to watch it because it kept buffering Mm. out. So I was like, yeah, I would play it, and then a half hour ago, and no, it's not, because I was playing a YouTube video before, and it was fine, and I checked everything, and I was like, it's fine, but no. It uh, it was just the, uh, I guess, HBO Max, I don't know. I made it through, and it's fine. You know, it's a very long movie, and, you know. Blood for punishment. Well, if people (laughs) don't know about the Warrens, if they don't know anything about them, if they don't know anything about the true stuff, I can see people finding it entertaining and kind of fun, and but the whole thing is supposed to be about Arnie Johnson, and it becomes the love story, the greatest love story that's ever been told between Ed and Lorraine, how they met and how they developed the relationship, and how nothing could tear them apart, not even death. And it's just oh okay. wow, like, 
they are, they are not, like, it's just, it's, I, I get it. Like, you don't want to put the love story in there because you have to make them relatable and they're the heroes, but they didn't care that much about, about Arnie Johnson or their other people that, that they helped quote unquote save. But, you know, they, you know, the whole thing is just like Ed can't live without Lorraine and Ed, Lorraine can't live without Ed. And they just, they push it so hard in this movie. More than the other two. Like, the other two was kind of like, yeah, they love each other, and they're a couple, and they're fun. This one is like, I swear to God, guys, the greatest couple that ever lived. Like, there's not going to be any other love than Ed and Lorraine Warren. They, they were meant to be together. And it's just, it's horrific. But it takes away from the whole movie, because you're like, I'm watching a movie, and for some reason, they just want to bash on Satanists, where during the day, Satanists are like school teachers and super nice and fun. But at night, evil. That's how we know they're Satanists. <laughs> because at night, they're totally evil. But during the day, they're like school crossing guards. They drive buses. Yeah, c- and they hand out lollipops. Yeah, because wasn't there like a specific scene about you saying that? Like, you know, something about like a room full of skulls or something like that? <laughs> oh, yeah. The, 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 the former priest that became like a Satan hunter and collected all these Satanist things. And he literally says, he's like, I'm like a cop taking away their guns. If I could take away their ritual artifacts, I could take away their power. I mean, come on. Like, Satanists are just fucking <laughs> a bunch of people that like to drink in the woods and smoke cigarettes and listen to the system, you know, King Diamond. <laughs> They're not doing these horrific rituals underneath tunnels in the city and drinking blood and killing little children. No, they're dressing in black, they're smoking cigarettes, and they're playing D&D in the woods. That's what a Satanist does. <laughs> But they're LARPers in this movie. <laughs> yeah. But for some reason in this movie, it's like, they have to be the ultimate evil. Like they just have to be, they have to be the villains in this movie because Ed and Lorraine have to be the, the, the victims. And they have to be the ones that are going to be the one to save the day. You know, cause God sent them. God's the one that gave them the power. Like, it's, <laughs> oh, and I was like, it's a, I mean, it's two think, hours. You're never going to get Ken, back. Do you think Kandarian worshippers, like, get this upset when, like, people watch the Evil Dead movies and stuff like that? <laughs> they have to. They have to be offended. They have to be like, that's not the right incantation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, listen, I don't think it's a matter of if – if you don't know the real story, blah, 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 I can see why you don't, you know, why you would find this entertaining. Um, I don't know. I see it more as if you understand that the film that you're watching is a fictional account and not an actual true account of, of anything, then, yeah, it can be an entertaining film like all of the Conjuring movies um, as far as the actual Conjuring proper goes. Now, out of the three Conjuring films, this is easily the worst one. Um, I felt Mm -hmm. like the plot plotted. I felt like it took forever to get anywhere in this movie. And, you know, overall, the, the, the sequences that did bring anything with them really were very lackluster. Um, those are those are my complaints of the actual film itself. You know, I mean, I preferred obviously the the, the first and the second film over over this one largely. But I don't I don't know how much of that has to do with you know just just the the pandemic and all that other crap and 
you know, did they just not edit the movie as much because they knew they were going to HBO Max or I don't know. I have no idea, to be honest with you. So I really didn't look too far into it. We watched it, you know, took it for the fun that it was supposed to be. And mm-hmm. when we walked away, we were like, all right, we're not going to watch mm-hmm. it again. So there you go. So in yeah. your opinion, yeah. did, it, did it feel not as po- not as polished as the other movies? You know, I don't know if it's so much that it's not as polished as the other films. Um, I feel like I think the Conjuring universe, as they 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 want to call this whole thing, has kind of run its course. Um, you know, I know mm-hmm. this is the yeah. third film in the Conjuring movie series. But overall, there's like eight or nine of these movies now that are all taking place within this one, you know, kind of universe with three Annabelle films and La Llorona or whatever the hell it's called and The Nun and all this shit. Uh, So I kind of just think it's, you know, it it feels like uh, Vera and and Patrick, Mm -hmm. right? This is the guy's name. Uh, It feels like they were both tired. They really didn't feel like they were putting much into the performances. They were very dry, almost bored. You know, you could tell that they're tired of playing these characters. So that's how I felt with it. I mean, I think at this point, you know, the smart thing for the studio to do is to move to a younger variation of these two characters and get new actors on board. Somebody that actually wants to make the fucking movie. Gonna be like the Warren kids, like Ellen and the kids <laughs> solving mysteries in a van with a it's dog. What rolls around? That's the cartoon series on Saturday morning. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's. But I mean, Conjuring Three was directed by Michael Chavez, who did The Curse of La Llorona, um, not Which James Wan, who directed the previous two. Yeah, not a good movie, and it's also not connected to the Conjuring universe. Like, Chavez also made it a point to say it's not really connected. Like, it's not, it's its own thing, you know, but it's not really in the Conjuring universe like the nun is. But, yeah, it's just a, there's isn't just a lot the of misopportunities. Isn't the priest in La Llorona, like, in a picture at some point in one of the other movies? It might have been, but I know that Chavez has said that it's not a part of that universe. Like, he's made it a point no, to say that. No, he's just being an asshole. It's because nobody liked that fucking movie no. either. So, <laughs> well, and, you know, and, and, you know, but you're right. I mean, you make a lot of good points about them, like, looking very tired. Like, they just are over it already. Like, they've done it for two movies and then, you know, a little bit of the spinoffs. So they're not really giving 110%. Like, because I actually didn't mind Conjuring 2. This one, I felt like they were just, they didn't know what they wanted to do. Like, they knew they had to tell a story about Arnie Johnson, but they also wanted to tell you the story about how Ed and Lorraine love each other and that God cool. rules. Ed- <laughs> <laughs> and that was that and was just the way I talked about. Like, and if you don't like that, they're going to lock you in a room with Annabelle. <laughs> oh, that was the most insulting part of the entire movie. And that's not even a spoiler. It's the the lawyer defending Arnie Johnson, saying, "I'm not going to tell the courts that the devil made him do it because that's just ridiculous." Oh, really? Uh, hey, Lorraine, maybe we should introduce her to Annabelle, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> And then the next scene, she's, like, shaking at her desk, and she's, like, visibly tired and shaking. And I was like, so you don't even get to see what happens to her. You just know that she met this doll, and, oh, some scary shit happened. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> it was lazy. It was just lazy. But like, and then, yeah, you know, okay, the whole, but it's lazy, yeah. but at the same time, too, listen, man. One, again, we know what the true see here here's where they can't win. They're never gonna they're never gonna win with, with you and like people that think like that. Because here's the thing. You right. know how the true story went down and you know what the true account is. So if they gave mm-hmm. more of an account of the actual story, trying to involve the Warrens more and making it out to seem like they had a deeper involvement while trying to keep more of the true facts in and only bending little bits and pieces, you'd be like, well, they didn't actually have anything to do with any of that, and they never spoke to this person, and they never had anything to do with that. And Lorraine didn't have her hair like that, and nobody wears shoes like that back in that day. Um, You know, so so that would like you after Labor Day. So, so they can't win that way. So what they did instead is they went full fictional with this. They gave you very little of the Harney Johnson thing because they were just like, hey, we're going we're gonna to make up a story. We're going to have some fun with it, and that's about that. As far as the Annabelle thing with this lady, I think that was kind of like a tongue-in-cheese cliff. There's been three Annabelle films. You know what I mean? Not, I get out of here. None of the Conjuring films have we ever really seen Annabelle do anything. It's all in the Annabelle movies that we see that. So we know what Annabelle ends up doing, what she's capable of, and how she can easily scare the shit out of a person. Um, So I found found that scene humorous, and I wish the rest of the film carried that mentality, because that was something that I was like, oh, that's kind of fun. You know, whereas the rest of the movie, I just did not find it as fun as that little sequence. Now the only the only scene that really got a laugh out of me, and I guarantee you, was not supposed to elicit a laugh, was uh, and again it's not really spoiler because they show it in the trailers, but the kid jumping up and down on the waterbed, when he falls on the waterbed, then he sees a ghost face and he's attacked. So in the next scene, Ed and Lorraine are walking around in the room, and Ed goes, "Well, where was the waterbed?" She goes, "Oh, it was in this part of the room, and we put a rug over it because there's water damage." He lifts up the rug and he goes, "Hmm, that's not water damage." Well, it is. It's clearly water damage from the waterbed breaking. Like, but then they go underneath the house, and there's your plot. There's the, the satanic thing. It's like, oh, of course. <laughs> I couldn't stop laughing oh. for like five minutes. Just his delivery of, that's not a water stain. Like, oh, it's evil. Okay, Dr. Woman. <laughs> that's a hell scene. <laughs> that water stain has the blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. <laughs> you know, like, okay, calm down. Man. Water bed. <laughs> Get your axe away from there. <laughs> so, if anything, it was good for that. But yeah, no, it's it, and it's on HBO Max, like we had said. So, if you guys want to check it out, please do. You know, if, if anything, it's a good time waster. Like, just don't think about it. I think about it just because I know how a bunch of frauds they are. So kind of hard for me to be like, yay, this is a fun one, but no. So there is that to, to be had. I mean, I know a lot of people are watching it and enjoying it, so not trying to yuck your yums, just trying to give my own opinion. You know, yeah. I'm trying to think about, tell you, know, you all that sorry. you suck because the king is so <laughs> awesome, man. I'm not. I'm really not. I'm like, I'm just a, a fucking horror nerd that is pretentious and thinks he knows it all. I really don't. I like to think I do. You know, so yeah, that's... That's who I am. And I have way too many movies and too many books, and I know way too much about shit that I don't need to know. Like, nothing that's ever going to help me in life. <laughs> but that's just who I am. 
<laughs> how many but times? Yeah, so, how many times has your not extensive knowledge of serial killers got you laid, King? <laughs> uh, that'll be a negative zero times a thousand. I don't think any any girl has been like, "Ooh, tell me again how Ted Bundy's victims matched the girl that dumped him back in the sixties." Ooh, getting so hot talking about John Wayne Gacy and how he fucked boys and put them underneath the house. <laughs> tell me more about how Jeffrey Dahmer killed that kid. Like, no, it's not rubbing anybody's interest. Ooh, I'm getting a wetty king. <laughs> oh, oh, no. And then, um, bringing it right back to Jennifer's body. Had to bring it right back to that movie. Uh, I thought I was done with that fucking stupid Diablo Cody language. Wetty. Nope. Mm. <laughs> we're going to keep, keep bringing that shit on a, all the time You don't have now. a wetty, bro? Come on, man. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> no, no, no weddies. No weddies here. Um. So yeah, I'm I'm going to be covering doing the horror news this week since the uh, the dean is out between this week and next week. So, so maybe he has a wedding somewhere. Who knows? We'll have to ask him somewhere. <laughs> but the, the first thing I, I wanted to bring up was well, hold on, uh, hold it was on, announced hold on, last week. Horror news. I do want okay. to say one quick sure. thing, man. Uh, really, more mostly directed at Monkey and obviously the other people out there. I don't know if anybody else are gamers and whatnot. Um, I know, Monkey, you dib, you dabble, you go here and there. And this has been out for, uh, for a little while now, I think like a month and a half, two months or so. But if you haven't yet, I highly recommend you check out the new Resident Evil game, Resident Evil Village. That shit is it's fun. It is a lot of fun, man. And, uh, yeah, it's definitely got its share of, uh, of jump scares. You know, it's done in the first-person type of deal, but it's, uh, it's still very much a Resident Evil game. And, yeah, it's, uh, I, I am enjoying it greatly. Now, Ooh, I, thought lady dummy to, I thought this one was supposed to be the multiplayer online one where you set up this team. Uh, that might be a variation of the game, but all I'm playing is the single-player thing. Um, I think there was some kind of multiplayer like aspect to it. It might be called like Reverse or something like that. Um, that I don't, I don't mess with. Uh, but, yeah, again, as far as like the actual single-player element, though, the, the main storyline is good stuff, dude. Sweet. Good Thank you. I'll, <laughs> I'll have fast. Yep, <laughs> ghoul's approval, cute as a button. <laughs> cute as a button. <laughs> cool approves. Um, yeah, something to freaking avoid, man. Not for nothing. You know, but this is just a, a minor gripe. You know, I went and got the Call of Duty game, whatever the, the latest one was. Black Ops, Cold mm-hmm. War, I don't know, whatever the fuck it's called, man. But, you know, I got it. It was on sale. I'm like, you know, Donovan has got... You know, he's got the PS4 version, so I was like, oh, maybe I'll hop on every now and again, play zombies with him or something like that. You yeah, know, right. Activision, whatever company it is that, that puts out this game. You know, they, they, they may want to actually try working on not creating video games that take up literally, I shit you not, it is taking up an eighth, know, maybe more than that, um, maybe a quarter of my actual hard drive space. The information of just the PS5 version of the game with its campaign and the recent update, which Mm -hmm. they've had three or four updates at this point, is 201 gigabytes. What? Yes. Hmm. The entire game is 201 gigs. 
Now, now the PS4 comes with a terabyte of, of, of hard drive space, right? Except here's what they, they didn't tell you when you unbox it. They're using like 200 and change of that terabyte space for whatever stuff is in the system itself. So realistically, you only got about 800 to play with. And games like Mate, The Avengers that. take up like 80 gigs. They kill you. I literally have six games loaded on my PS5 right now, and I have no fucking space anymore. I had to delete a game tonight just to get the latest Call of Duty update because it was 30 gigabytes. Damn. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, that's a game that once I'm done with its campaign, that shit is getting deleted, man. Get off my fucking space. You're harsh in my mouth, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> wow yeah I don't know that's a lot I mean I'm not a gamer but I definitely have seen all of Village and uh, Lady Domitresk man that's the only yeah, thing I like watching. that big booty huh <laughs> oh man love it that's a not lot of women tall, killer vampire <laughs> I mm. loved it I was like yeah the only reason I'm watching this game so and Lady Domitresk one of the best parts but yeah so um, yeah, well, right. her final form is real entertaining too it is. It's incredibly entertaining, but I kind of missed her first one. I was like, I could work with that one. I can't work with the last one. Can't really work with that last one. <laughs> hey, they've all got holes. <laughs> I know. There's a way. I mean, if you just remember her as she was. I mean, but yeah, no, you'll, and you'll find out, Monkey, you know, what we're talking about when you, if, if and when you play. But um, So, yeah, hard news tonight. The first thing I wanted to kick off with is that we had announced last week that Elijah Wood was cast in the Toxic Avenger reboot from Macon Blair and he was going to be playing the villain. As it turns out, that was wrong because Kevin Bacon has been cast officially as the villain of that film. But it was announced today that Elijah Wood actually is going to be in the movie, but just in a role that has yet to be announced. So we are getting Elijah Wood, and we're getting Kevin Bacon as the villain, which I'm excited about because it's fucking Kevin Bacon. And I will watch anything that he does. Well, same here, you know. I, I agree. It's like Bacon, you know, like we discussed in the group chat, you know, I think he's a great actor, and he's great at nailing those dark roles. You know, we, <laughs> and, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing him play this off-the-cuff role. I, because, I, I, uh, like, uh, there's an episode of Will and Grace where he was on it, and he was just funny as shit in that, yeah. being able to, you know, deliver, the, you know, be the straight man, to, you know, to, to the judge. <laughs> jokes that were going on the show, and I think he'll be great in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. listen, man, yeah. I like I like dark bacon. You know, I uh, yeah, I always <laughs> find that to be uh, entertaining. Like I said in the group chat too, though, man. You know what I mean? Like I feel like with Kevin Bacon, it's he's he's similar to like a Nick Cage type actor uh, with more range. Don't get me wrong. I know obviously he's got more range and he's overall a better actor than, than, than Nicholas Cage. But I think what you get with Kevin Bacon is what you get. You know, it's a matter of whether or not Kevin Bacon fits in the role that you're casting him in. You know, does he fit in the world of the movie? Because you're either going to get, you know, if it's, if it's a movie in which you need good Kevin Bacon, you're going to get that upbeat kind of like, hey, I got smiles and I'm a, I'm a somewhat, you know, nice, likable type of guy type Kevin Bacon. You know, if it's a, uh, you know, a more dramatic piece, you might get, uh, you know, that, that down-to-earth, real every man type of guy that, you know, Kevin Bacon can be. And when it's those dark roles, Kevin Bacon can play a very fucked up type of guy. So I'm hoping we get a very fucked up type of guy. Yeah, yeah you're right. You're, you're right. 
and Kevin Bacon is play, playing the role of Kevin Bacon. <laughs> <laughs> and if it's going to be a Toxic Avenger reboot, yeah, he's got to play it over the top and just very fucked up and very evil. And I'm just looking forward to it. You know, seeing him do something that, uh, you know, he's capable of being a villain. He's capable of being here, like you said. I mean, I love him in X-Men First Class. thought he was mm-hmm. fantastic as the movie's villain. Like, couldn't have asked for a better villain than that, you know. And, you know, the, uh, what was it, Stir of Echoes. I think that might be my favorite Kevin Bacon movie, even though it's kind of That's absurd, a really good one. But it's just a lot of fun. Yeah, it is. It. It's just a lot of fun. I mean, I don't understand how a musician cannot know what, uh, Paint of Black is, but Rolling Stones. Like, that's my only gripe with that entire movie. And then he's like, what are these chords? What are they trying to tell me? And he's like, I don't know what the song is. I'm like, you're a musician. Like, Paint of Black is notorious. Like, you know those opening chords <laughs> if you're a musician. You know, but, you know, it's one of those little things that I always bring up when I talk about that movie. But, um, so we'll see when the movie comes out, you know, what uh, Elijah Woods will be playing and, and how good of a villain Kevin Bacon is. But, speaking of franchise, oh, I think, aside from I Toxic think Avengers, sleepers. You know what I mean? When I think of that's a good one too. Dark Kevin Bacon. Yeah. Like that's that's dark Kevin Bacon. And I know Toxie obviously is gonna have more of a lighter tone, but you know, I'd like uh I'd like to kinda see him play with that a little bit if we could. Yeah, I mean it's a movie yeah, where well, we've got Peter Dinklage yeah. playing playing in it as well, so I won't mm-hmm. fucked up. Then, the first, the first Toxic Avenger movie, for all of its humor and comedy, has some really fucked up things going on in it. You know, it's really fucked yes, up things does. being said, and you know, it's a, it's a darker film than I think a lot of people really want to see. You know, they like to think of it as the light, fun, fluffy, fucking Toxie. I see that first movie, and there's a lot of dark, fucked up shit within it. Yeah, no, we'll take it I'm, I'm just, over. Yeah, and just to close on this conversation, I just hope that Troma is doing this and giving this one a budget and some production, <laughs> you know, and not looking like it was shot on a Super 8. <laughs> as far as I know, it's not a direct Troma movie. I think it's just Troma's going to be involved in producing. I know Lloyd's involved in producing it, but I can't remember the studio that's involved. But, yeah, it's definitely not Troma throwing money at it because they don't have the money to throw at it. So right. They're going to have to go somewhere else. I mean, Troma doesn't have the money for Kevin Bacon. As much as I love Troma, they don't have that kind of money. <laughs> just, even if he lowballed it, like, they don't have the money for him. They don't have the money for Elijah Wood or Peter Dinklage. So, yeah, it's definitely got to be a studio movie with Troma kind of being like, hey, guys, where are the inspiration for this? Like, you know, and Lloyd just counting money in the background. That's 10, that's 20, that's 30. Oh, I'm rich. I love you, Toxie. That would, that would be awesome if they do have a quick scene of Lloyd somewhere, like, in an office just counting money. And he's like, what? And then the door slams. <laughs> yeah, so that could be, like, the, the post-credit sequence. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Lloyd just counting off dollars and just talking about the profits of, of the Toxic Avenger reboot and then him just slamming the door in your face. <laughs> you know, the anti-Stanley. Get the hell out of here. I don't care. <laughs> Says he kept my money. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, so what were you going to say next, King? Uh, so another uh, franchise that we talk about often on the show is Friday the 13th, uh, and one of my favorite entries in that series is Part 3, which is in 3D, of course. I think at one time we've all tried to watch it with 3D glasses. I know that the ghoul and I have. Mm-hmm. Um, but the main cabin that was taken to the theater was for actually, a second. Yeah, I remember you telling me about that. But the, the, the main cabin that was used for the Higgins Haven uh, that was at the that was at Motion Picture Ranch in Saugus, California, 
that cabin burned down in 2006 and just kind of, they didn't do anything with it after that. After it burned down, they kind of just left it alone. But apparently the owner of the property, uh, Daniel, though, was at, was interviewed recently when a fan came out to tour the property and look at where the lake was that they manufactured, the barn, which is still standing. So the owner, Daniel, he was quoted as saying, unfortunately, we lost the house, but soon we're going to be putting the house back in, putting the lake back in, and kind of rebuilding this Friday 13th set back to its original glory days. There's even talk cool. of something happening during the road. So we'll see what happens, but I can't talk about that. So they are planning on rebuilding Higgins Haven. And possibly bringing, you know, you know, maybe a convention there or, or a screening of part three there. Just exciting stuff, you know, to see something resurrected from the past, just like Jason Voorhees. Yeah, man. Like, cool. And the fact that they're trying to rebuild the lake as well. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, they're putting it all back in and then obviously they're going to be planning on doing something who knows, but we're going to find out. Uh, so I'm going to jump in the car and start talking about some Kevin Smith news because there's actually two pieces uh, that I want to talk about tonight. One of them involves his animated series with Mattel Television, Masters of the Universe Revelation, which is going to be premiering on Netflix on July 23rd. But before the debut, Smith tweeted out a breakdown of each of the five episodes in part one of this series and that it pays homage to different 80s movies. So episode one, you got Superman 2. Episode two, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Episode 3, Batman 1989. Episode 4, Hellraiser. And episode 5, Masters of the Universe. So each episode is going to pay homage to these movies in some way, shape, or form. And I thought that was just kind of really cool. Um, okay. Why can't they... including Hellraiser. But why can't he just write his own original story? Just, like, what's with the whole homage thing? I, I'm just confused by this part. It's just, dude, just write your own it's story, man. To an 80s party. That's the whole thing. That's what he kept talking about. How it's just going to be a complete 80s homage, so why not do some movies in there? I mean, I don't mind it. I think it's kind of cool that he's going to be putting those homages in, along with, with creating the Eternity Universe again. Uh, but that's the thing is, is Kevin Smith going to be able to create an homage, like, does Kevin Smith have enough flair to just do an homage, or does he got to be straight in your face slapping you with it? Probably a little bit of both. Okay. <laughs> I, I have faith in him. I'm a fan of Kevin Smith, so I, I will give it to him. I think I think it's in good hands when it comes to, to doing that. So I, I have faith in the guy that he could deliver a good kind of homage without smacking you in the face with it. But even if he does, who cares? Have a good time. <laughs> All I got to say. I mean, but uh, what do you think about it, Ghoul? I mean, you know I love Kevin. You know what I mean? Like, I, I really do. I really, really, really love Kevin Smith. Um, I know he has nothing but the best intentions with everything that he goes into. Um So, of course, I obviously wish nothing. Like, you know, I... I yeah, I mean, look, I wish nothing but the best. I hope for his sake and for the sake of the people that are going to be watching it, I hope that the series is good. I mean, I'll check it out. I, you know, as much as I was a, uh, okay, so as a, as a kid in the time, right, He-Man was obviously a huge thing. I was more of a fan of the toys than I ever was a fan of the show because I kind of found the show to be stale and repetitive. Um 
Whereas the right. toys, obviously, I have an infinite amount of storylines that I can play with with those figures. Um, I found things like Thundercats and Transformers. I found that to be more imaginative and better at storytelling than, than the writers <laughs> of He-Man. Uh, Paw Patrol. Um, no, Voltron. <laughs> Oh, Voltron. Yeah, but see, even like Voltron, honestly, Voltron got a little repetitive too. You know what I mean? Like, hey, the team needs to figure something out. Hey, Hagar sent another Robeast. Hey, the team formed Voltron (laughs) and beat said Robeast. That was like every fucking episode. You know what I mean? It was like, okay. Like, that's why the one thing I liked about the newer series, it was telling a better story. Um, The same could be said about the Thundercats, the short-lived Thundercats reboot, man. That was telling a great fucking story and was really building a really cool world, giving us more of a detailed look into Third Earth than we got in the original cartoon series. Um, yeah. So I'm hoping that's what Kevin's going to do here. Like, I, again, the idea of these homages and all that stuff doesn't bother me much because, you know what, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the series from 2012, season three, mm-hmm. had some great homages to horror films in general. There was everything from Friday the 13th to Nightmare on Elm Street, just these, like, little touches for a few episodes, and they were great. They were really enjoyable, that whole series. I, you know, I really loved it until they got into that later season in which they went off to, like, fucking space or some shit, and it was just kind of like weird, and I just didn't get it at that point. Uh, one of these days, I'll go back and finish it up at least, but uh, just, I just couldn't keep going with that. Uh, so yeah, I mean, again, of course, Kevin, good luck, man, good luck. You know, we're watching that uh, Cruel Summer series on Hulu right now, and his daughter's one of the, uh, like one of the, 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 the people in the series, and you know, man, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't... I, yep. mm. Uh-huh. I love when I've been wanting to check that out. Movies. It's an enjoyable uh, series. That, that much I'll say. We like the we like the story so far. The storytelling mechanic is a little bit on the odd side, though. Um, each episode mm. is taking place within one day, but over three separate years. You know, all tied oh, to an event that occurred. So yeah, again, it's uh. There's some eye candy in there. There's uh, there's some cool characters and yeah, it's uh it's 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 fun. It's fun. Good time. Well okay. worth watching. No, no. A cool approach. Yeah, I might check that it's out. I know that's been on my radar to been on my radar to check out. Uh, and the other uh, Kevin Smith news that I have found out about and I put on the Facebook page is that he is currently at work developing a devil cult screenplay that is going to be heavily inspired by a race with the devil. So as soon as I heard that, I was like Kevin Smith. This, don't hurt me with this one, buddy, because I love that movie. <laughs> Just do it right. You know, make it fun, make it yours, make it scary, because I know he's capable of doing scary shit because Red State is fucking awesome. I love Red State. So I know that he's capable of doing scary shit, and I kind of hope that he delivers, especially when he's so interested in doing a Devil Cult movie, with that being the influence. So I'm really excited to see what comes of that. Yeah, cool. Uh, Red State, I didn't find that to be so much of a horror. I mean, we covered it, but, uh, you know, I didn't find it to be that much of a horror movie. I thought it was an interesting movie, don't get me wrong. I think it was Kevin Smith's Mm -hmm. feelings and ideas on on freaking uh, Waco. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's what he gave Mm -hmm. us. Oh, yeah. Uh, Yeah. But... You know, so I mean, I didn't. Don't get me wrong. I didn't hate it. I know there are people that really didn't like that right. movie. That, that I don't get. I, oh, I, yeah. I don't get the hate behind that film. Um, but 
you know, I also don't think so. Like I remember him talking about it prior and talking about how it's like, you know, it's a horror movie. It's his first time he's ever done a horror movie, blah, 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 blah. blah. And then, I don't know, feeling like it really wasn't necessarily a horror film. Yeah, no, it, it it's not a horror in traditional sense, but it's Kevin Smith departing from whatever everybody knows about Kevin Smith, like the, the view of Scooby-Verse. It's not James Allen Bob anymore. It's him doing this, this scary Waco-style movie. And like you had said, there's a lot of people that hate that movie because it isn't comedy, because it isn't stoners. You know, it's, it's Kevin Smith tackling something different. Um, that's why I loved it, because I was like, he's showing you that he could do something else, that he could actually branch out and, and find a footing in something else other than just, you know, comedies and, you know, independent ones. So I, I enjoyed it. But then again, I'm a fan of Tusk, too. So, and that's definitely more in line with horror, but with comedy. But I, I love Tusk. I mean, the only one I didn't really like was Yoga Hosers. I tried to get through that movie, and it's just hard, that one. He, he, but then again, I'm not the demographic. Like, he already said that Yoga Hosers is for, like, teenage girls. Like, it's not for, you know, mid-30s guys that like his stuff. <laughs> you know? So at least he okay. put the, the warning out there. <laughs> so it's like Jersey so. Girl. <laughs> yeah, but I like Jersey Girl. I got a soft spot for that movie. Like, I mean, for all, I mean, yeah, it's just I'm not a big fan of Affleck, but for some reason that movie gets me when I watch it because George Carlin's so good at it. Like, he's not playing the over-the-top comedian. You know, he's playing kind of the grounded grandfather, and it's just a, a, a nice, warm movie. But, again, that's another movie. People are like, fuck Smith. Go back to making comedies, you fat fuck. He's <laughs> like, okay. Uh, well, I, I tried something different. <laughs> Didn't quite work. No, I think when they were saying fuck Smith, they meant Will Smith. <laughs> oh, well, they, they could have because he was in that movie, so that's yeah, fine. Yeah, he was. Um, so, yeah, I, I remember. I saw that movie in the theater, so I remember very well when he showed up. I was like, ah, here we go. Will Smith showed up. I can walk out now. No, I, I stuck it out. But. So dipping in a little bit to comics and DC, especially our favorites, Zack Snyder. Uh, because we all love him. I mean, obviously, I mean, I have nothing but love for Zack Snyder, obviously, but of um, course. <laughs> he, he, of course, is still talking about Justice League and his cut, the Snyder cut, um, and just the, the overwhelming sense of amazement that people have watching it and how great it is. Um, but he was asked about, you know, the Warner Brothers, if they had reached out to him after the success and of landing the Snyder cut on HBO and, and if there's going to be any plans or anything else. So, he had this to say, well, um, no, I haven't heard from them at all. After I released the movie, I haven't gotten a phone call. It's been radio silence. I don't, the only communication was Warner Brothers CEO and Sarnoff's article after the movie was released. But that wasn't directly to me. That was for the people. So I don't know. As far as I'm concerned, let's see what happens with Discovery, and that's cool. Who knows? All I know is that of yesterday, Justice League was number one in the U.K. again. So, and then he trailed off and started talking about something else. <laughs> just sounds like they're not interested, dude. <laughs> like, oh, you got man. your Snyder cut. The Snyderverse isn't going to happen. You know, just just have fun knowing that you have fans that love you enough to get your cut out. That's where, if I'm a director like him, I would rest my laurels on that. Listen, I have enough of a fan base that I was able to generate this cut, and not only one cut, but a great cut too. <laughs> so, <laughs> just is great. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll see what happens with with Zach. I mean, of course, he's he's snowing his own shit at this point. But I just thought that was a fun thing because we just love Zach Snyder around here, especially Army of the Dead, which has no plot holes whatsoever. Just a massive. 
Solid. Film. None. No. <laughs> Perfect film, as we said. Um, but this also relates to DC Comics because releasing on October 5th, DC Comics is releasing a Halloween horror anthology featuring Darkseid. The DC comic, which is going to be called Are You Afraid of Darkseid, is a collection of campfire-style star- campfire stories so scary you'll never sleep without a light- nightlight again. So Seriously? They're putting, yeah. They're doing Are You, are you Afraid dark- of the Dark Side? It's just called Are You Afraid of Dark Side, which, of course, is name play and Are You Afraid of the Dark, but... I guess they're, yeah. they're making Dark Side their Crypt Keeper for this anthology, which could be fun. <laughs> you know what I mean? Man. Because they did uh, do DC uh, the, Nightmares the recently. Goal, the, the goal will have to let us know because uh, he does have the app, so we'll, maybe he'll be able to get a hold of it. Ooh, that's a good idea. Oh, yeah. oh no. <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> I was distracted for a minute. What did I miss? Hello. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it's yeah. DC very very horror professional anthology. Here. <laughs> of course, always. But yeah, DC releasing what, a horror Twilight anthology Zone? called Are You Afraid of Dark Side? No, Are You Afraid of Dark Side? So it's going to be Dark Side being a cupkeeper type character. Yeah, he's going to be telling you scary stories that make you want to flip up the nightlight on. Starting October 5th. Cool. So you have to check it out. See if you really have to flip the nightlight on. No, it's an co- <laughs> actual comic. <laughs> Oh, oh, yeah. That, that's not something I'll be reading. Sorry, but thank you. Um, yeah, good times. Again, you know, I, I really do have to to really look at finally canceling that DC Universe uh, subscription I have because, yep, I, I have not, I have not fucking used that thing at all. Yeah, and like the funny thing is, I'll go to like cancel it, and then I'll be like, "Ooh, that's right, I was reading this storyline," or "Oh, that's right, I was reading that storyline." Oh, let me get back into reading it, and I'll read it for all of like a few hours, and then I'll fucking forget about it again, and that's how I end up keeping the fucking subscription. There you go. Uh, okay, but, ju- out, but, man. but just a friendly reminder that there are free comic reading apps out there for older back. Sure. You know, I, I'm not saying rip off the comic book industry and, you know, down, illegally download comic books or anything like that. I'm saying that there are apps out there for older, for older issues that are out there that are harder to get, okay? Because the only way you're going to get this is, you know, get in the aftermarket, and that means you're not actually ripping off the industry, you know, because you're only able to get this from private sellers anyway. Like? There you go. Well, I just I would like an example. What do you oh, mean, well, like? Put them on the spot now. Like what? You mean of? You mean of specific apps? apps. No, I don't have them. Another friend of mine has them. Specific things that you're saying you can only get through these apps. No, I'm saying I'm saying back issues versus as opposed to new things that you would be buying off the rack, so therefore you're ripping off the comic book industry. I'm talking about older stuff where you have to buy back issues anyway. Mm-hmm. I got you. Now I, now I understand <laughs> what you're saying. Cause you'd have to hunt them down in a comic shop and actually pay the comic shop for them. Yeah. Or, pri- or private seller. Somebody's still not getting paid. That's true. <laughs> or a private seller. So there so you have it. That, um, that's so- your reasoning for being okay with pirating. Fucking evil pirate bastard. Yeah, I'm whoa, just whoa, saying whoa. there are options. 
I, I'm Yo, just saying, oh, if oh. you want to be an avid if you want to be an avid comic book reader, there are possibilities out there for you. That's all of things. That's my point. I'm not an avid comic book reader, and I don't know any. Like, you know what? I remember having like Comicsology or some shit like that, whatever app that was at the time. And it's like, yeah, you can fucking download this and download that and find this and find that. Except it was organized like shit. You know what I mean? And it didn't put series together. And it did like you know. And if I have to sit there and go through fucking hours of storyline issues just to figure out how to put together the fucking storyline, guess who's not reading that storyline? Me. <laughs> you know. So, so being that these apps, both Marvel, which I have used even less than I've used the DC app, um, you know, at least I used to use the DC one for their their series and shit. Um, right. You know, but at least they both take the storylines, they put those issues together for you, and give it to you in a nice, clear-cut order, which I then look up on another website and figure out the other way to read it. Okay. Well, there. Fun. Take right. that, pirate. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, yahoo, yahoo. <laughs> but why is all the rum gone? <laughs> <laughs> my bad <laughs> um, so I always love talking about George Romero and this is some little bit of news not involving directly Romero but uh, George A. Romero he's a guy he did some stuff a couple years ago and then he passed away I mean he's pretty forgettable he might have did some zombie movies at some point we don't know but so uh, originally debuting in a small tribute room in Monroeville Mall in 2008 there was the Living Dead Museum. And then it got moved to Evan City in 2013, which is far from Monroeville Mall, but because of different changes in the mall and everything like that, it had to get moved. So now the Living Dead Museum is back officially in the Monroeville Mall, and it's also expanded Sweet. as of June 12th. So the expanded museum will feature all new horror movie exhibits that emphasize Pittsburgh's role in film and pop culture, including George A. Romero's famous zombie movies. The Living Dead Museum, as of right now, if you want to go to Monroeville and visit it, is located on the upper level of the mall near J.C. Penney's and across from the Romero Bust. Eight bucks to get into the museum. That includes a gift shop. Hours Friday and Saturday, noon to eight, and Sunday, noon to six. So if you want to see props from the movie, you want to see pictures, you want to pick yourself up a hat, a T-shirt, something with Romero's face on it, you can do that at the Living Dead Museum, which is now open and expanded for business. So I'm looking forward to heading back out there myself and, and checking it out because it's almost brand new, like all the props and everything like that are there, but if you haven't been there, well, what's your, your trip? So I know, Monkey, you missed it when you were there because they were closed. Yeah, I but. did! I did, man! When I went, <laughs> the museum was fucking closed because of the damn con that was going on in town, so they had to be at the con. Like, I went to the building. I'm, like, looking like a fucking stalker. Like, I'm in the building. I'm, like, peeking in. I'm seeing the props, but I can't take any proper pictures because, you know, the windows are dirty as fuck because it's a shady-ass, you know, little museum back then, you know. Like you said, on the outskirts of Monroeville, like only like a couple miles away from um, the other tribute that they had to Romero in Monroeville at that little square. You know, so it was just a couple miles down the road from there. But, but I'm sitting there peeking in, you know, you know, it's good, you know, try, trying to get shit. And then a couple other people show up with, with zombie shirts on. I'm like, dude, clothes. And they're like, no way. I'm like, yeah. Apparently, they're at the con. <laughs> and they're like, oh, that sucks. <laughs> well, yeah, they have to go and represent, you know. But, yeah, so, yeah. 
But now you have the hours, the days. They're only open Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, you know, and uh, 12 to 8, Friday, Saturday, 12 to 6 on Sundays, 8 bucks to visit the museum. And if you're a kid under 12, you get in free. So, so even better, bring the, bring the kids. Let them have a good look at them brownies. But yeah, I remember you show. I, I remember you you showed me your pictures of when you went king, and yeah, they do actually have some really cool shit in there. They do, like just all the different kind of things that were used in his movies. They had one of the suits from the crazies, one of the uniforms from uh, Dawn of the Dead, uh, some of the clothing from Night of the Living Dead preserved. So I mean, it's really cool if you want to just see a little slice of history, uh, especially if you're a fan of Romero like I am. Um, so definitely worth checking out. So. Uh, let's see, what's the last thing I want to talk about before we get into the movie? Something that uh, I guess would entertain people like me who are fans of the weird and the strange, uh, Gaspar No, who many out there that are horror fans might know from Irreversible, which I know that the Dean talks highly about, as do I, and also a movie called Vortex. Uh, he has a movie called Fox Up Rape Sequence in it, man. That's what that shit does. It does. Gaspar No does not know how to turn it off. <laughs> but. He, um, he has a new uh, documentary-style film coming out uh, in Cannes that's going to feature, of all people, Dario Argento, but also French legend Francois Lebrun and also French filmmaker Alex Lutz. The film was recently added to the Cannes premiere section, billed as a quasi-documentary about the last years of a loving couple suffering from senility. So if I know anything about Gaspar, no, it's going to be fucked up. So I can't <laughs> wait. And plus, Dario Argento is involved. So having so Dario involved up. is, yeah, it's just like having these two fucked up people in one room making a movie, like, yeah, just give it to me. Like, it's what I've always wanted. Like, I never thought I would ever say Gaspar No and Dario Argento in the same sentence as a horror fan. So to be able to say it and that's an actual real thing, I, I cannot wait to see this uh, when it eventually becomes released, you know, digitally or, or on physical but, yeah, I'm definitely going to be checking that out. So if you guys out there are fans of Gaspar No and Dario Argento like I am, you know, be looking forward to this new project. Like I said, it's definitely going to be fucked up. But you know what else is fucked up? Uh, like, let's talk about live-action anime. That's not fucked up. Oh, oh you're <laughs> going there. <laughs> because it, it's, you know, it's fucked up. It's, like, crazy because it's live-action, but it's also an anime. So... Let's meld those things together and come up with Tokyo Ghoul from 2017. Uh, so, Ghoul, this is your pick. So, as we always do, give us a synopsis, uh, your thoughts, and we'll kick this thing off. Well, I mean, I think, okay, so synopsis. A uh, kid gets attacked by chicks, turns into a weird vampire creature. Um, that's about as, as, as close as I can give you for a synopsis. My, my thoughts and reasoning behind the pick... <laughs> This, this week actually stems kind of from a few weeks ago when the monkey picked Spirited Away. Seeing um, mm. as he decided to go with a Japanese animation that was a quote-unquote horror sidestep-esque type of film, I felt like at the very least we could try to like re- we could fix the right the course, so to say, and at least give uh, a more streamlined idea of what a Japanese animated horror could be like. And being as this specific series um, has a live action film, I figured why not go with that. Uh, that being said, um, 
Yeah, you know, considering I've only I, I've never watched the complete Demon uh, the the complete Tokyo Ghoul series. Uh, I've only watched uh, a large portion of the very first season. Um, I found this to be a little bit of a, of a disappointment as, you know, I don't know, I felt like the series itself was a hell of a lot more violent and bloody and, and I don't know, fun. And uh, this movie kind of lost me a little bit with that. How about you, Monkey? What do you think? All right, first of all, I'd like to say thank you, Ghoul, for picking this just because this is one of those anime lists that has been, like, been on my back burner for a while of getting into. What's going on? <laughs> my, the call dropped. I had to call back in. Okay. Um, so, so Ghoul, I, I really, really <laughs> thank you. I appreciate you doing this because... I thought um, it was beatboxing. Yeah, I thought no. so, too. I, all of a sudden, it's like, oh, the fat boy's... <laughs> no, I... <laughs> I dropped my phone, I ended up kicking it, and then I thought the call dropped. Literally, that's what happened. Okay. It fell out of my pocket, I kicked it, and then, yeah, shit got fucked up. So, keep going. Okay, all right. So, back to what we were saying. All right. Um, yeah. Um, again, cool. Th- thanks for picking this. Um, but, yeah, oh. I ch- on, on top of watching the movie, I checked out the first six episodes of season one. I read issues one through three of the manga. Um, wow. And... and yeah, like you, Google, it's like, you know, the movie is, in my opinion, a good companion piece to people who have already seen the anime. Because you're right, the anime is definitely more intense. Um, there's definitely more of a symbiose relationship between Kineke and Rise in the anime and the manga. Um, and, yeah, it's definitely, you know, a lot more gore in the, the anime. And the manga as well. It's like this was a very toned down version compared to the other two versions. So now the king's going to be pissed off because there's lots of shit going on that he has going to have no idea what the fuck's going on. Um, but that being said, though, with all of this taken together, I, you know, when you put it all together, you know, the manga, the anime, and the movie, you know, it makes a really interesting story. You know, that is definitely worth checking out. So, King, what did you think? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, just, I, I, I feel like I always say this whenever we cover something from Japan that makes no sense to me because I just, I'm like, I don't know. It, 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 oh, it's just, it, it wasn't bad, like, in a sense where I'm, like, annoyed watching it. Like, you know, there's some, like, some movies where, you put it on and I get annoyed watching it just because it's either really poorly acted or it, there's just nothing going on. And believe me, nothing goes on in this movie. It's a very dull movie, but like not in a way that bored me, just in a way that I, just, I didn't know what the fuck was going on. Okay. Again, I think that the monkey brings up a good point. I think you really need to know the background before you go into this movie. This movie is not for people like me that are never going to read an, a, 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 what is it? A, a magma? Mag, magna? Manga. The fuck, the other, whatever you call yeah. it. Whatever the fuck manga. that is, I'm never going to read it. Well, how, how about you shut the it? fuck up for a second and let me say the word? M-A-N-G-A, manga, okay? <laughs> oh, and who was the one that said no interruptions when we're talking about our reviews, huh? <laughs> well, you asked you, me a sir? question. <laughs> you asked me a specific question. question. <laughs> it was rhetorical. Sorry, sorry. I don't give a fuck Here, if you call the room, monkey. Fucking 
Quiet. <laughs> no, it doesn't matter. It was a rhetorical question. I didn't actually think you were going to tell me. Anyway, the, I'm never going to read it. I'm never going to watch the anime. So, again, this is lost on me because I have no idea what the fuck is going on. I have a semblance of what's going on. This really whiny fucking 70-pound kid gets bitten by the girl of his dreams, and then he has her body parts put into him, and then he, you know, here's what bothered me. Like, it's called Tokyo Ghoul, but are they zombies? Are they vampires? They have uh, tentacles that pop out of them called Kajudes uh, or, or Contendes or, or Katulas, or whatever the hell it's called. It, it's called something, and they have them, and then they, they pop out when really – Sure, whatever, Cobra Kai's, whatever you want to call them. But they pop out and they're, they're, they never, they don't really, like, like a zombie movie, the zombies come, you get bit, you become one of them, and then, you, and then you're fucking wandering away. Vampires, they're sexy, they pick up their shirt, and they're like, let me bite you, and they're like, oh my god, yes. And then you're a fucking child of the night, and that's it. This movie is just like, you, uh, you get bit, but then you're normal looking until you're not. Um, coffee is awesome, so drink that because uh, you know <laughs> that's rad when you don't have when you don't have blood at, available. But there's no like there needed to be an information drop. Like there needed to be a fucking guy in the movie that's like, hey, you looking at you guy who's never read a manga or an anime in his entire <laughs> life. This explanation's for you. So what we're talking about here is the following, and I'm like, oh man, this two-hour movie makes sense now because he cleared it up. Thank you, Professor Know-It-All. And then he just drifts off into the background. And then I can continue with this movie. Because I didn't understand what the hell the demon mask was all about. Like, why is that so important? Because it's just really a fucking S&M type thing that really just excites him a little bit, you know, when he gets it. And it just, there was nobody explaining why these ghouls are, you know, why they, they are there. And there was nobody explaining this uh, commission of the counter ghouls. There was no explanation. Like, who is funding them? The government to do what? There's no threat. No ghouls. ghouls are not threatening anybody. There was no scene of like a, a ghoul uprising. Where they're like, we're going to kill the fucking world. Like, you know, and it's like, oh, my God, we need to get the commission for counter ghouls in here to destroy them. Like, no, they're uh, like hanging out, being depressed. Dude, they're all just sitting in a cafe. Okay, wait, are, are, you, is it, are you done with your opinion or are we actually segueing into the movie yes, now? No, let, let's continue because I'm getting an aneurysm. Okay, all right, first of all, they explained everything. They gave you this big, huge-ass fucking information dump right in the fucking opening credits, okay? They, they gave you the narrative right there at the fucking beginning, going, this is a world where ghouls live. They eat people, all right? People thought they were the top of the food chain, and, but no, they were wrong because there's these other creatures that have been known forever called ghouls, and they eat people, all right? And uh-huh. then... Uh-huh. <clears throat> kind to go get them and to hunt them down, they had to form the CCG, the counter ghoul community, all right? So, okay, yeah, whatever. All right, so yeah, that's what's going on, all right? And the thing is, it's not a thing about getting bitten and you become a thing. If you are human, you are food. If you're ghoul, you are the top of the food chain, all right? And there's no turning, all right? The only way to be a half, like you're either born a ghoul or you're born a human. And then you have this hybrid that happens where you either, human and a ghoul, have sex, okay? And according to Vincent Price, that's horrible when that happens, okay? And then you have the other way of a transplant, which is what happens 
when a date goes really, really bad in this movie, okay? Because we have Kenneke going out on a date with Rise, the super cute, uh, you know, nerdy chick that's getting ready to sing songs to you, you know, <laughs> just <laughs> and just coming in or you know, low song? glasses. Yep, exactly. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but they sit there and. Have a weird little date. They hang out. They t- talk about weird ass fucked up horror books because that's the books that they were reading. Is another thing is the the whole you know black eggs book and all that kind of stuff is super dark twisted horror that, that only weird ass fucked up people like the king would read if he lived in Japan. <laughs> so they have a cute Never little date happen, about so that. <laughs> okay. But they have a cute little date, and then things go bad, and she sits there and tries to eat him as food and she she's not biting him to infect him she's biting him to take him down because like you said he's a 70 pound weakling that's just a little bitch <laughs> and she goes to take him out because she wants to eat with him but she also apparently likes to play with her food and that's when we get to see <clears throat> you know just her kanage come out all right and that's her little special ghoul powers that come out. And this is another thing that you probably missed, is that all of that... Okay, which is an easier way of saying that. No, but each one is different depending on the ghoul. Each one has their own power. You know, and those are all based... I'm just being specific that hers are tentacles. Yeah, you know, and and this was a huge, huge thing that they really missed here, is to mention that the the powers of the ghoul comes from a specific organ in the ghoul called the Kakuho. Shut up, King. <laughs> That's what they call the it. Okay. The fuck is the Kakuho? Co- no, the Kakuho. Co- the Kakuho? Yeah. Is that the same thing yeah. as Anath McConaughey, whatever the fuck you're talking about? The technical exactly. thing, Anath McConaughey's? Oh. But all right, all right, but, all right. <laughs> but it's like a hot taco. taco. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But that's where the that's where the ghoul's powers come from. But hers were tentacles, like you said. Weird ass fucking little pipe. But she was trying to play around, and then for some reason there's a bad construction accident. Shit drops on the bitch. And yeah, this happened in the manga and the anime as well. I thought it was funny as shit because I was like, wow, what a way to start this fucking series off. <laughs> and then he wakes up in the hospital, all fucked up, and they actually gave him an organ transplant. From the chick that somehow still has organs, even though everything is fucking squished under a fucking big ass pile of I beam. And then he starts to realize that now he is half ghoul and half human. And this okay. is where so, the Tokyo Ghoul takes off. So if I, if I can if I can interject here, I'm sure yes, the king picked up on on much of that. Um, specifically the major plot no, details. I mean. I'll, well, no, I'm saying as far as understanding that the organ transplant is what created him to be to becoming a ghoul. Um, whereas I do 100% support everything else the king says, though. Uh, like, listen, the only reason I know a little bit more about this whole entire movie is because I saw some of the anime. Now, you know, when you're, you're making a film, you need to be making that film not just for the audience that's already built in. You need to be making a movie for the audience that you want to attract. You want people yeah. to come watch it and then maybe say, hey, maybe I should check out that anime. Um, 
And no, they did not. They needed they needed a bit of a backstory given on what the hell ghouls were and how they came to be. Mm-hmm. Real yeah. easy to do, you know. Instead of giving us a little bit of text, just saying, "Hey, there's ghouls in this world." No, give us some visual yeah. aid as to yeah. what these things are and why yeah. it's a problem. Because ultimately, what this movie ends up doing is it just paints a picture that is terrible for both sides. You know, I never really feel truly sympathetic for the ghouls, and I think the human people no. that they show us are all assholes. So it's like, who yeah, the fuck yeah. am I even supposed to be rooting for in this in this movie? Because I really couldn't care less because mm. they both fucking annoyed mm. me. Um, yes, we needed more of an explanation of what their kakonic gunugunas are, whatever the fuck they call those things. I don't know. I didn't. I watched the anime with dubs, not subs. I watched the movie with subs, not dubs. So I don't know what they called it in the, in the dub version of the movie. You know. So all I know is I had them speaking Japanese at me while I'm trying to read at the same time, and you know, still still watch what was going on with it. As far as yes, I agree too. The whole demon mask thing. Now I'm sure some of that is steeped in you know specific. Japanese like culture and lore, but I'm also sure that there is a, a, a rightful, good, solid Tokyo Ghoul explanation as to why the ghouls have masks. See, in the movie, all we know is that all of a sudden, What's-Her-Face shows up in a kitty cat mask. What we know prior to that <laughs> is that the reason why they know that the wife and daughter are one with the, the one ghoul that they killed was because they dug up his grave and there was his mask. Oh, right. okay. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? Again, there was no explanation for so much shit that happened in this movie that absolutely needed explanation. Like, they were just, like, they were really just completely 100% depending on the fact that people either read it or watched it already. And that is a mistake. Yeah, um, I, I think you're 100% right here because, I, like, after watching it and thinking about it, all in all, this is a comic book movie. You know, it's a comic book movie. And it fell into the same old trap that Kevin Smith cracked on in Jay and Silent Bob is, you know, you have to sit there and try and capture all of that storyline into two hours, and you always screw up because you forget to include everyone and just give the introduction of what's going on. You know, again, like Kevin Smith's crack, you know, about, yeah, they sit there and try to put 30 years of history into an hour-and-a-half-long movie. You know, of course they're not going to sit there and please everyone. They screwed up. Like you said, they forgot to just have that introduction piece of, hey, this is our story. Come on in. No, no, there was definitely none of, hey, come on in. Like, okay, see, here's the thing, too. You know, like, the idea is, is when you're making this movie, they need to be looking more at people like the king who are putting their hands in front of their faces saying, no, I don't want this movie. And they need to convince those people to take their hands away. Because, you know, just like every other time they've ever tried to do this, whether it's a video game, whether it's an anime, you know, you know they're never going to please the actual fans, you know that they're not going to be happy with this. They're going to watch that. You know, I don't know. Like I said, you know, I'm not even the biggest fan of the anime, but I watch this movie and I'm like, why did they remove like half of the bloodshed that actually occurs? Why are all oh, the scenes yeah. where there's blood involved so dark that you can barely see it? Like, you know what I mean? We're talking about a film here in which the creatures tear apart and rip into people and fuck them up, and yet we barely ever get a taste of that. 
So, and the movie, I don't know, from what it showed me on Funimation was unrated. So now I know, obviously, again, Japan has its own variations of censorship. So I don't know how much has to do with that. But, you know, I don't know. I've seen some fucked up horror movies come out of Japan. So I don't understand why they couldn't have did that with this one. Well, same here. It's like, because also this is based on the manga, which was then, uh, oddly enough, you know, released to Shonen Jump. You know, which in America is the same company that sit there and brought you things like, you know, Yu-Gi-Oh, Naruto, Dragon Ball Z, that kind of stuff. Things aimed for teenagers. But, you know, when you read the yeah, manga, it definitely bring us has, My Hero you know, Academia, you know, my favorite fucking anime yeah, that's, right now. They just recently okay, got sorry. back into it. I okay. still love it. Yes. Yes, they also brought One Punch Man. They brought Demon Slayer. They, you know, they brought Pokemon as well. You know, Demon Slayer. You know what? I have to say something. Have you watched that? That actually is a lot of fun. That's a fucked up anime. <laughs> Episode one is so fucked up. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I just recently started watching that, and uh, and yeah, it is uh, it is something, man. Yeah, I am yeah, it's a fucked up dungeon crawler. But anyway, yeah, you know, because all of these were released through Viz, you know, and that was the combo company that you had to sit there and get through when you were a kid in the 80s looking for, for manga, you know, in the comic book shop. It was always through Viz. They're the ones who brought all the stuff to America, you know, so that us nerdy kids could read that shit. Um, but yeah, you know. This was targeted towards teenagers, but when you read the manga, you know, it's got sprawl all over the fucking pages, you know, and, yeah, like you, I'm, I'm vexed as well, because like, why did you fucking cut, cut out all of the blood? You know, why did you cut out all the gore? It's like, you know, there ought to be guts and blood and shit spraying all over the fucking place with this fucking movie. Mm-hmm. And at that point, the king should yeah. be thrilled. He should be happy. He should be like, oh, my God, look yeah, at this shit. I haven't seen this since, you know, Dead Alive. Yeah, that's what I, I was hoping. That's what I was hoping we were gonna get. Sorry, King. Go it ahead. was just like I said. It was just. It was very dull. It just, you know, just very dull. Like I wanted more. Like yeah, I guess you know if you want to call the third act your action point, I'm fine with that because I mean it, it did pick up a little bit, but it just I wanted more. Like the, the whole problem I had with the counter the the commission for counter goals is that there's just like what? Why is it a problem? Like I, in a zombie movie. When the zombies come back to life, they are a problem and they need to be dealt with. You know, it, with these ghouls, they don't really seem to really bother anybody. I mean, you, they, you don't know who they are because they can look like anybody. I mean, there's not a distinct look to a ghoul unless they're hungry and they get the, the Terminator eyes. You know, but, um, you know, other than that, it's just they're not bothering anybody. So I don't understand why they have to have this terrorism unit hunting them down one by one using these gigantic dildo swords that get hard when, you know, they know that they're about to kill somebody, you know, and it's just, I don't know. It just, it, it seems like yeah. me, that, this movie should have made them more of a threat. Well, that's what it didn't show you. And that's what it needed mm-hmm. to, you know, again, remember, we know what we know of the ghouls is that they eat people. Um, didn't show us though is, you know, the, the violent ghouls that right. would necessitate, a group like this to come in and, and do what they have to do. Um, you know, so, you know, cause again, as far as the film goes, besides, you know, Rize, um, you know, we, we only see benevolent ones. We see ones that obviously listen, are eating, you know, human remains, 
Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, they, they get them from various, you know, other places. They can get them from the morgue. They can get people donating their bodies. Um, there, there are other ways to get corpses. Think Blade Three and the Blood Bank. Um, mm, okay. As far yeah, yeah. as like as far as like that thing goes, but you know the, yeah. the, that's kind of I guess the easiest way to really make this as a comparison. You have the vampires like Triple H and fucking Dracula and them who want to rule and eat and do whatever the hell they want to do. And then you've got, like, groups of these people that are, you know, somewhat sympathetic to the human plight because they find them interesting and, you know, don't see them just as food. Um, you know, and then, like, we see with our yeah. police officer, though, with his, his whole donut analysis, you know, could you ever be in love with this? And, you know, the, the whole idea behind <laughs> that was just uh, the fact that, you know, obviously a, a ghoul could never love a human because a human to every ghoul is food. And the, you know, piggyback on what the ghoul is saying is like, yeah, you have the benevolent ones in, in, that were in Antique, you know, the coffee shop. All right. But then you have the ones that are out there constantly just ravaging society out there because you have the constant news reports in the background constantly saying, you know, uh, you know, f- four more bodies went missing in Ward 40. You know, and ten more bodies went missing in Ward 42. You know, they're going around ravaging these people and tearing them apart and killing them, and they're fucking disappearing. Now, as for the dildo sword, that's another fucking major info drop that they should have done that they didn't fucking mention at all. Okay. Well, because, no, they give it to um, at the very end. They, yeah, okay. but, but they, they don't. Give it to you at but they the don't end explain where dialogue not actual, like, telling you what it is. They expect you to understand that they're taking them from the ghouls. That, the window swords and stuff like that are the actual, like, the superpowered shit that comes out of the ghouls. Yeah, because, yeah, because those were called the King Ks, all right, and it's when they... Yeah, and it's when they extract the... It's when they... And that... And that's why the CCG was taking the bodies of the ghouls when they would kill a ghoul, and they take the body, and there's no body left. They don't leave them in the street or anything like that. They're taking it because they want those organs, and then they take that organ and then make that a weapon based off of that organ. So then the weapon is based off of the powers that the ghoul had. And this is another huge information drop that we missed, too, because when we have the mom die, and she sits there and has... You know, the KK interface of, like you said, the giant dildo sword, a huge-ass fucking thing that they missed is that is the power of her husband's power. So mm-hmm. so they're trying to – so he's – the officer is killing her with her husband's ghoul power. With her husband's KK. And that, and, her husband's yeah. KK and that, kills her because she's got a KK Yeah, and that's husband. why – yeah. But that's why she said anything but that. When he's putting it up into her, you know, when he's putting his kinke up into her face. But that's why she said anything but that. Because before that, the cops were only trying to use, you know, firearms, which weren't doing anything. Uh, you couldn't use stabbing weapons of any kind because ghouls are resistant to stabbing weapons. Because another thing in right. the manga is that uh, Kenneke actually tries to kill himself. 
um, and do Harry and stab himself in the stomach with a knife, and then he finds out that he's resistant to piercing weapons because ghouls are like that. So then when the CCG developed this new weapon, they realized that they were able to just go around and just wipe up the fucking ghoul population. And that's why they had to start going into hiding like vampire, like classic vampires. They really yeah, should have made this movie a prequel to the series. It's really where they should have went with it. You know what I mean? Like, that would have been a smarter thing. Introduce, you know, stuff that, you know, they, they could have went where, obviously, they're going to show fans things that the fans of the series know that they're going to eventually see. Um, but they may have been able to go the, the, the line of, like, you know, I don't know. Hey, a world-building movie. Exactly. You know what I mean? As opposed to, to this. Like, you know, like when, when the, the other cop, not the not the crazy weird one, but the uh, the more regular-looking fella, like his kid gay looked like a fucking slab of Shorma. fucking gyro meat. I was like, yeah, oh, fucker. Look at that. You, yeah, you thought, okay, so you thought so, too. Because when he pulled it out, I was like, all right, who's ready for some shaved beef? <laughs> yeah, that was me. I put that in my notes. I was like, his weapon is a big shawarma stick that vibrates. I was like, you know, that could be dangerous. I was like, I know it's supposed to be something else, but come on, guys. I was like, that's a shawarma stick. Like, I've been to his restaurants. I've seen them. You know, and that's what he's wielding. But, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, he's going to fucking hit him with some baklava next, you know. <laughs> yeah, because I had it in my notes here, you know, how could the king not like this? Because I know I've taken his ass to Greek restaurants before. <laughs> oh, I was in, I was just loving it because he's using it as a fucking weapon. I was like, how is he going to beat this guy to death with a big-ass thing of shawarma? <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> this is where we're at in this movie, where the guy's wielding a shawarma, you know, while the other one is wielding the uh, Ryoko's uh, 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 Kinkes. No, not Kinkes. Uh, McConaughey's, McConaughey's, right? The, the weird fucking uh, things. Hey, hey, hey. Tentacles. <laughs> well, yeah. I thought that's what you called it. Right, 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 right. Oh, right. <laughs> King K. King is how it is. King K, yeah. Yeah, the, the, yeah. But, I, yeah, so, no, it, it, I mean, the, the, I mean, the one character I actually did like that gets dispatched really early is, uh, Nishio. The, the guy that tells Kaneki after he becomes a ghoul, like, you're, you're in my fucking territory. Like, get the hell out of here. Like, go find someplace else to hunt, you know, because <laughs> oh, you're here. Right. And then, yeah, and then he goes away, and uh, Kaneki's friend is like, oh, hey, guy, uh, why don't you come down into the, to the laboratory or whatever, see what's on the spot. Join my That's college club. Movie. But, yeah, <laughs> yeah um, join my data club. <laughs> Would you like to join my data entry club? No. It sounds like the most boring fucking thing I've ever heard, but yeah, whatever. I'll do it, you know. So they go in, and there's Nishio. So I was like, that's fucking cool. Like Nishio knowing the entire time that Kaneki is a half ghoul, ghoul, whatever he is, and just kind of playing off that. Like when he eats the weird uh, fish cookie, whatever the fuck it was. I don't know meat or whatever. I don't it know. Is. It was a weird thing. That it, he was it was quite weird. Yeah. It, yeah, it's it's a fish cookie filled with bean paste. Uh, sweet bean, bean and, but, but it was great. Like, for a moment, it was actually great suspense. Like, I actually enjoyed that scene where he's just sitting there and he's like, mmm, yeah, this is good, right? And then as soon as Kaneki's friend turns around, he bashes his fucking head like a baller, 
into that table, and he's like, yeah, now I can get some <laughs> stuff the cookie. And he's like, now we're going to get some fucking food on, man. You know, I'm going to eat. But that's when Konecki realizes he's got the, uh, yeah, the McConaughey's too, and come flying out of his back and starts, you know, fucking with him. And he, he, he goes up, he's like, be cool, man, be cool. Stop it. Like, we're cool. This is what we do, man. Stop being such a buzzkill. You, you can eat some too. And just take it out way too soon. I thought that he was going to be more of a bigger part. Yeah. <laughs> what? I thought that's why you brought him down here, so we can eat him, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I thought that's the whole reason you were here. Like, be cool, dude. And then, yeah, he drags him back in and then uh, ostensibly kills him. But, yeah, no, I was kind of hoping he would have a bigger part because I, I actually did really like him, um, you know. But he, it's just to, sh- that's to, to show you, I guess, Kinecki, when he gets really mad, he, he uses those tentacles to kind of fight back, even though he can't fight. But he's going to use them, you know, when he gets hit. Well, well, not, yeah, well, I mean, I, I likened it to the whole idea of, you know, like in a moment of desperation – you know, because he cared so much about this friend. It's, it's again, it's the stuff that they're not showing us in the film and that that's where their mistake goes. You know, Konecki's whole big thing is, is obviously, listen, he doesn't want to be a ghoul. You know, he doesn't want to eat people. He wants to be human. He's having this, this inner turmoil with himself constantly because, you know, he's got Rizé's, feelings and desires and obviously need to eat but coupled right. with this this desire to still be a human being and they they really never show us that they they give you little touches of it when we see you know when he, we see him look in the mirror the one time and he sees her face you know and like like little stuff like that and and again i think these were all things that they could have easily shown and and done a lot better than they did yeah, because, again, in the anime, there's a lot more uh, inner turmoil moments between him and Rize. And it's, it's done a lot better in the anime. And they were just trying to show it as a one-sided show of him constantly, you know, curling up into a ball, you know, having his inner struggle. And it just wasn't portrayed right in the live-action movie. It, it really wasn't. But like you said, Gould, they, they should have had a lot more, more moments of Rize showing up and they were like I guess they were trying to be witty and arty about it you know showing her in mirrors and stuff like that instead of like they did of you know the deep internal planes of his brain and them you know interacting as two things on a you know a a psychic level if you will yeah or I mean if if they're going to go the route of showing you know her they should have gone with the her taking over and you know, knowing that he needs to eat type of deal and go that route with it. You know what I mean? Where you have the two sides of, of the one person's personality and, and just do that. You know? Again, they, they needed to show it in some way. Yeah, uh, if you will, almost like Venom. Exactly. Exactly. You know, exactly like Venom. You could easily take this entire series, turn it into the Venom movie, and you'd have literally the same film. <laughs> Come on, can we? Eat I him? mean, no. <laughs> and I was just kind of surprised, you know, yeah, watching this entire thing. <laughs> I was just kind of surprised watching this whole thing that at no point did Kaneki put on a leather jacket and say a hickey from Kaneki is like a hot my car. 
and then they go in the Grease Lightning, and then they have a car chase. Like, that would have been so much better, because I would have been like, I, this is familiar to me. I know this. Now they're just doing Grease at this point, because they don't know what, what they're doing anymore. So I would have loved that a lot more, but it never happened. It would have been so cool if he had, like, a group of ghouls that were just like the T-Birds, that they just walked around with their leather masks on. And had a, had a, you know, big old K or something like that in the back of his jacket, and they just snapped their fingers all night. Yeah, because that's so cool. And and again, it's like they didn't explain the whole thing about the ghoul mask, you know. And again, you know, like just so we're clear and putting it out there and so like that. That's when you're going out, you're having to sit there and do, you know, your nightly missions and shit like that. You're going out, getting bodies, killing people, whatever you're doing. You had your ghoul mask just so you're not identified. That that's when you're going out and you're being 100% ghoul and you are being the predator. (laughs) That that's what the mask is for. Yeah, well, yeah and but also, you, again, and you just explained also, it much better than me. We heard earlier that the food tastes better when a person is afraid. So the mm, mask yeah. also aids in that regard, in which, you know, it's, it's a scary visage as opposed to, you know, hey, here's a person, which I don't know, I guess I'd be pretty fucking scared if a person with tentacles started fucking coming at me all of a sudden, but <laughs> I, know. Uh, I, I don't, don't know. need a mask. <laughs> So I'm the pretty mo- much shit. The monkey, I know, just start fucking beating it. He'd be like, "Oh fuck!" Oh, he- <laughs> <laughs> I, fuck I, yeah, I'd be like, so I, "I would be, I would be like, my day has come. Oh my god, this shit is real. Oh I baby, violate me five ways for Sunday. Do I gotta pay you for this kind of action? I just want to know up front. You know? <laughs> yeah, really. Like, like, don't walk away from me. Don't walk away. I'm food, right? Where, where are you Stop going? Where you, what, what, what do you mean I'm not scared? <laughs> I'm shivering. Look Stop at running away so from scared. me. I'm, I'm so scared. Please don't Get buy back it. Here and oh, shove that tentacle up my ass. <laughs> Stick up my ass and call me the monkey. I want to feel it all the way up there. Oh, he's enjoying it too much. I got to go. No. I Exactly. I want to feel it in my. I, I, don't stop till I feel it in my tonsils, bitch. And his final words were, "It feels so good. I cannot stop coming. Oh God, I cannot stop coming." No, so obviously his final words are, "I want to feel it in my tonsils, bitch." <laughs> you better. Well, yeah, it's kind of worse no. I want to feel in my tonsils. No, and then, and then while they're investigating their scene, they're like, fuck, man, he's been dead for like an hour. How's his dick still hard? <laughs> man. <laughs> he died at full mass. How is that even possible? <laughs> I mean, he doesn't even, like, why is he smiling so hard? That might have killed him. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> it looks like a guy. It looks like he got hit with Joker spray. Smile. <laughs> yeah, Love that Joker. <laughs> Love that Joker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's you know that's the thing. I would be a horrible witness because they'd be like, "Oh, sir, sir, uh, did you witness your friend's death?" Yeah, I fucking told him I don't want to come to Japan. And what does he do? He drags me to Japan on the first fucking night. We get attacked by guys with tentacles. And what's the first thing he does? I'm running away. He's beating his fucking meat, going, make me come. Make me come. And I'm like, my monkey, stop it. We got to go. They're going to kill us. And he's like, oh, I dare them. Stick that tentacle up my ass and call me your brother. I was like, what is wrong with him? It was weird. And now I have to find my own way back from Japan. And 
This is why I don't come out. <laughs> all this, all this time, he talked like the monkey. Suddenly, he started talking like Vince McMahon. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's what happens no. when he gets hurt. Yeah, and then some weird cop showed up. (laughs) Then some weird cop showed up, and he goes, oh, no, no. The fucking tentacle used to swarm a stick. (laughs) Yeah, they're just going to find me eating the shawarma off that stick after you're dead. I'm just going to be sitting next to your dead body, just showing up with shawarma. Like, where'd you get the gigantic shawarma? I don't know. Some fucking weird agent dropped it and ran off. I don't know. You guys want to play? Now I just see you sitting on a curb, and when the cops show up, you're just there eating the shawarma stick, and you're just like, "Stop!" <laughs> <laughs> oh hey, oh my God, look at that body over there. Oh yeah, no, yeah, he's he's been there for an hour. Why is it so hard? I don't know. You guys want to take a hit off the shawarma stick real quick? Fucking amazing. <laughs> I got ten feet of this shit. I I can, I can share. <laughs> Yeah, I can't explain anything else that happened, officer. I really can't because I don't know what the fuck just happened. There were some people in the tentacles. All I know is that I got shawarma, and my friend remained hard after he died. I'm impressed, both by the size of the shawarma and by the size of that erection after he died. I'm just impressed with this trip, officer. Best day ever. I know. Man, I said I didn't want to come to Tokyo. I still didn't want to come, but, man, I got free shawarma, and my friend died with his dick out. But he always wanted to go. He always told me if I die, it may be by a tentacled monster and my dick's out. And he died like he lived hard. And then the only, then the only other question the cops have, and they're like, where the fuck you get Greek food in Tokyo, man? I don't know, dude. This fucking guy dropped a gigantic fucking shawarma stick. And I'm like, I'm not letting that go to waste. I was like, I, I asked if he wanted it. He said no. Like, he had to go mourn his friend who died. I don't know. Fucking people die a lot around here in weird fucking skeptical ways. Like, why do you guys have so many fucking monsters around here? Like, there's it's a problem so that you guys need to address. Like, it's not the sushi. It's the fucking goddamn monsters. Like, I used to think I'd have to be afraid of vampires, but in Tokyo, it's like nothing but monsters. I just walked by one that was going to a drug rehabilitation clinic. He's like, I've got to get my fix. I was like, is that a monster trying to get methadone? I was like, there's just so many around here. <laughs> They're all fucking drinking I, coffee. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, is there something good about your coffee? Because they are sucking it down hard. And they keep looking at me with these weird Terminator eyes. Like, <laughs> you know, blackest eyes, like a devil's eyes. Like, I don't know. Like, it's so fucking weird around here. Like, I just came here for the free shawarma. Really, I just, you know. I, I'm going to take this and go. So I will see you guys later. That karaoke tonight down at the Mutant Hut. I know, but now on top of that, LA, I'm just imagining you walking down the streets of Tokyo and some mother, like, you know, with your tiny shawarma stick and some ghoul shows up. He just beat him with the fucking shawarma stick. And you're like, no, motherfucker, that's my shawarma stick. That's a bad yeah, ghoul. You know, I'll have that weird Raiden-style hat on walking down the street of Tokyo, just chewing on my fucking, you know, shawarma stick. Like, I, what a great vacation. <laughs> you know, my friend died erect. I got this huge fucking shawarma stick. There's monsters everywhere. Like, who would have thought Tokyo? <laughs> Land of the rising sun. <laughs> but, um, um, but the whole thing, like I said earlier about Kaneki, is that, yeah, he weighs 70 pounds, you know, and he has the tentacles that he could use. But then... I love that you have Tuka, who is like, stop being a bitch, bro. Like, why the fuck do you got to cry all the time? God damn. 
Like, you, do you have sand in vagina all the time? Like, Jesus. Like, oh, you fucking do. Cry, bitch. Like, get off of it. You're cool. Enjoy it. And the first thing that he wants to do when Ryoko dies is, oh, I want you to train me. And she's like, oh, I'll train you, bitch. Oh, it's going to hurt. Like, <laughs> and we get a montage. We get a montage. A montage. And he Even has Rocky montage. had a montage. <laughs> where he has both of his eyes in the montage. I love the fact that they neglected that one part where he, he has both clear eyes. You know, it's not one ghoul eye, one regular eye. I was like, oh, editor, you missed that. I caught it because I was just like, wow, we're at a montage no. and we only have 20 minutes left? No, the, 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 the other eye changes. Remember, they, their eyes change color. Okay, so... Well, that's in the trivia. It's, it's, so... It's when they get excited or they're on the prowl or something like that that the, the, the eyes change color. Because remember, everyone hanging out in the coffee shop, they're, all of their eyes are normal. Okay? They all it's look only normal. Like, I think it also has something to do with when they, uh, they need to eat as well. So I think when they're hungry, mm. they have less control over their ability to, like, keep that shit under wraps. Yeah. So they're like Twilight Empires. You get the one scene earlier where... Uh, the guy looks at him, and he looks specifically at that eye, and he goes, oh, you must be hungry. So. Oh, there you go. Yeah, because that's cut, yeah. Well, see, because on top of that, that's when you start having the veins pop on the side of the face as well. But yeah, but then we have the fucking montage, like you said, and all of a sudden, he gets fucking cut like Bruce Lee. Where yeah, it's like, you know. All for of some, a sudden, he's the baddest some, motherfucker. Yeah, they're somehow living in the sewers, but then you have cutscenes to this fucking perfect little, you know, <laughs> um, KTX one one eight three white room where, where they they can sit there and do battles, and he's in there beating the shit out of everyone in fucking armor. Thing. Where the fuck did these people come from? But he ends up being fucking cut as shit like Luke Kang. <laughs> yeah, like after a day. Because so, you know that was like a day, my daughter. <laughs> 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 it's painful. Painful to still think about, but yeah, I mean, I love the the uh, standing on the wall doing the push-ups. I mean, that was kind of fun. But you know, it's like yeah, an hour later, he's managing to climb all the walls and do all the cool things, and I'm like, oh, yeah, this is a montage, all right. Like, why couldn't they just well, make him weak the entire time? Like, what? Like, I was like, you know what? Have him do this montage where he just sucks and he just can't do it, but he's still going to get in the final fight and fight anyway. Like, why do you have to make him fucking Bruce Lee at the end of this fucking thing? Make him suck. He's like 70 pounds. You can just knock him over by looking at him. You know, make him go into that final fight weighing 70 pounds and being a bitch. Like, I, much more believable. Because the point is, that's him. The thing was, is he wasn't into all this until he had to protect the little girl. And, like, he right. didn't give a shit about any of this until he felt like he had to protect the little girl because it was, you know, like like you said, you know, the, the chick that was training them was like, do you think people like her can go out and hunt? That's why we, that's why we run the coffee shop, you know, and is to help ghouls who can't go out there and hunt and take care of themselves. You know, we're, we're there to help those who can't help themselves. Mm-hmm. Well, she, yeah, I mean, cool. again. She could eventually fucking go and get her own fucking food. She could figure out how to do that shit herself. I mean, I mean come on, man. This is, also, this is also, you know, kind of just, I don't know, the whole 
weakness end of it, you know, where I guess, you know, in this specific family, the husband was the hunter and, you know, the wife mm-hmm. and child stayed at home and did nothing. You know, we, uh, you know, we, we don't even get any fucking ghoul sex in this. That, that's, you know, that, that we no. need to see. We need to see how ghouls are born. How are they created? You know, like besides that would be transplant, but where did they come from? And more importantly, where did they learn martial arts? Yeah, but see, then you're getting into my territory of anime of where do they come from, what kind of sex do they have, because that's where we cross over (laughs) into the shit that I watch. (laughs) So that was like the deleted scene of this movie where the monkey is walking around looking at gold butts and vaginas. (laughs) So that's where they come from. And no one's half the battle. <laughs> you know? Thanks for that cutscene. I needed that in this movie to find out where they come from. I mean, it's just like that. The, the third act of this movie, born? it 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 picks up at least with the action, like you know, with with uh, Kaneki going up against Ammon, you know, crashing his car, or then just fucking him up, you know, and then having the big shawarma stick fight, you know, where he's using it, and he's flinging it around and stabbing the tentacles. Like it was some good action. Like I I admit it, I actually like that scene, you know, between the two of them until Ammon falls and lands on the car, and then we have a five-minute hysterical fucking crime sequence for Kinecki, where he's just sobbing and screaming (laughs) at the top of his lungs. Why must I kill? Why? I was like, come on. It was so cool. Just keep going. Just keep going. (laughs) You won me over a little bit. Yeah, dude, I'm with you, man. It's like, again, I haven't finished season one. You know, Ghoul, you finished season one, right? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. I might have, I might not have, I don't remember. I don't think but, so. But, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you, King. Is I, I was really enjoying where this was going, and I wish it had kept going, of him finally crossing the line, you know, and going there. It's like, because he, because we had him go there a little bit because he unzips his mouth and he takes a bite, you know, and he, and he gets yeah. his first, his first, taste of human blood, you know, and, and it, it infuses them, it empowers them, you know, at the same time, it drives them a little crazy because it's the first time, you know, kind of like getting your first cigarette, you know, your first joint, you know, um, but I wish it had kept going, and yeah, like you said, it turned, what? I don't know what and, you're talking and, um, about. <laughs> I'm, I'm talking about Kenneke biting into Almond getting his first bite of human blood and him, you know, going a little bit crazy about it. And like you, King, I wish he had just rode that wave and just embraced being a full full ghoul. Yeah, because, it, you know, he, he gets the best of him and rips, him, you know, rips into him, you know, tears into him, and then he has his lament sequence. But then you have uh, uh, Hinami uh, having her, her whole sequence up against, you know, the yeah. other uh, agents. That's in the movie yeah. where you know, she's like, why does it have to be this way? I was like, you know what? Tuka is the only one that's like, I'm going to fuck shit up. Like, I just want to fucking kill. Like, you know, I just, I want to tear these people apart. No remorse. Let's do it. I was like, come on. We need more of Tuka. You know, not uh, laying on the ground all beaten up. And, you know, you have, uh, you know, this girl crying. But why she has to do what she has to do? Like, no, just do it. Fucking ghoul. Kill. Like, that guy killed your mom. You should be tearing him up. But it won't bring him back. Well, no, it won't. But look what happened to Batman. He turned his parents dying into a fucking career. A full-length career. Just because his parents got gunned down in an alley somewhere. So learn from Batman. Read a comic. You know, 
he took his fucking vengeance on that city. You know, but no, you know, and I'm like, I can't, like, it's, it's fucked up, man. Like, uh, so why does everybody have to fucking have a conscience at the end of this movie? Like, we think um, it's like, yeah. just do it, end it. And this because, is also, like, that kind of the, the thing I've, like, caught about Japanese films that are, like, aimed towards teenagers and stuff like that, like, got, you know, also the Godzilla movies and stuff like that. It's like, we always got to have that, like, super uber emotional moment at the end of it. it's like where we can't end the movie on vengeance and violence um sorry ghoul what were you gonna say no i was gonna say basically i was gonna say the same thing you know what i mean that's that whole you see it in a lot of the uh a lot of other cultures you know us americans are like yeah fuck them up with the violence and let that be the end you know, whereas Gun them know, down. in other cultures, they have more of a, you know, they're, they're, there's more of a moral to be to be spoken about, and you know, it's more of a dilemma, and it's it's got deeper meanings behind whether you know, you know, what does it mean to actually, you know, which is good, which is evil, and you know, a, a ghoul must eat, but does a ghoul need to be cruel in order to eat? And, and all of these, these other fucking arguments that they have, which, to be perfectly honest with you, don't need to be in the two-hour movie. That needs to be in the, you know, multi-season television series. You don't put that in the movie. Yeah. You know, you, you can put that in the movie in subtle, quick little ways. You know, what the movie needs is violence, action, and, and a resolution at the end. I agree. Yeah, this, should, agree. Th- this movie, what it's supposed to be, uh, when you base it on the anime, you know, and the manga that it is, this movie should be a hard R. Hard R movie. And it strikes me as a, a gentle PG-13. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, they much different rating system. But yeah, I mean, if it was Americanized, I would say PG-13 at best for this movie. Because they, they they could have gone a lot gorier, and I mean there are some moments of blood, like you, like you had said, monkey, you know, when uh, Kaneki uh, unzips his mask and takes that bite, you know. But then you have uh, 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 I'm oh, Amon, you know, after the whole thing's over and he's wearing his like kick-ass fucking weird trench coat, you know, and discovering the body of of his other partner, and has that moment where he's wearing an eye patch and then going to the uh, the grave. <laughs> you know, it's like, all right, well. Sad, you know, but there's going to be other agents. But I don't know. I thought that maybe he's a ghoul now. But then I was like, oh, right, that doesn't happen that way. You get bitten by a ghoul, you don't turn into one. You just get bit and you're just bit. Like, ah, like, I was like, come on. Like, you know, I wanted to see his ideal Terminator and shit. Like, oh, I am a ghoul now, but how can I be an agent but also a turn? Like, you know what? <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Amon 2.0 Better, faster, stronger He's a stronger dub now Because he's weaponized He's a He's a ghoul that has his own King K and a big ass (laughs) Shawarma stick Oh my god, he's a double threat (laughs) Yeah he could have been sitting on a curb after, like, you know, at the end, you know, just sipping on some sake and eating that sword. <laughs> like, it doubles us by lunch, okay? Don't judge me. <laughs> I can use it to kill, and I can also use it as a snack, but no. Um, but, again, you do kind of wrap up because they actually show uh, Kaneki's friend who lived, 
And I was like, oh, wow, I thought he died. But, no, they show him in the hospital with the head bandage on. He's like, oh, that's cool. Ghouls were in the city last night. And I was like, oh, man, I thought he got fucking killed. But, no, it's kind of cool to see yeah. him come back because he was kind of fun. But, um, you know, and then uh, uh, Harimi going away from the restaurant, going to live her life. And, and once again, we have Kaneki crying and Tuka telling him not to be a bitch. Yep. No crying, Baka. <laughs> <laughs> like, why is crying your thing? You're a fucking ghoul. Like, get over yourself. <laughs> you know, so, but, you know, He's I'm, I'm glad the only one. Vulnerable. Yeah, so whatever. We had, we had enough of him, but I'm just, I'm glad I'm not <laughs> the only one that kind of agreed that this movie, like, it's definitely for an audience. It's for an audience of that anime and of that manga, you know, that, that want to see this live action thing. So they already know what's going into it. Like, I read reviews that were all really positive, but they all said the same thing. Oh, my God, I loved the anime before I saw this, and then I read the manga, and, oh, yeah, they, they got it right, man. Like, this is great. I'm like, well, if you're like me, who's never seen it, and I'm watching it, I don't know what the fuck's going on. So you need to do the fucking, let's talk to the white people in the crowd that have no idea what the fuck's going on, have a couple seconds to be like, hey, guy, hey, guy, I know you're confused. I know you're upset. I know that you're having complicated feelings, but this is what this means. This is what this means. This is what this means. Okay, cool. All right, back to the movie. And then you just go back in, and then you have a better understanding. Like, this movie was just like, you either get it or you don't, we're moving on. And I felt like it was a detriment to to the movie. Yeah, and I know we're running out of time. It's just, again, I'm just going to sit and reiterate, it just fell into the same comic book movie trap. It's anytime you introduce a new title with its very first live-action movie, you have to have that information dump. And this movie didn't do that. Granted, if you're doing six Spider-Man movies, you don't need to show the Peter Parker origin every fucking time. All right? But when you're doing a new comic book movie, that's live action. You have the information dumps in there somewhere to just make it work for the general audience, just like you said. I completely agree. I mean, and like I said, it, it, again, like I said at the top, it's not necessarily a bad movie. Like I didn't finish it going, I hated that movie, or it was really dumb. You know, I didn't. Like honestly, I just felt like it was a little bit dull, and that they really needed to give a little bit more information to people that might be new to this. Like, if this is, like, if I wanted to get into anime and this was the first thing that I saw, I'd be like, I don't want to get into it. I just, I don't fucking get it. Like, you know, I mean, I think that, you know, you need to be able to tell somebody, read the shit first or go watch the anime first and then watch it, and then you might have a better appreciation for it. But I, I did it blindly. So, you know, I'm not going to read anything or watch anything associated with Tokyo Ghoul again unless we cover Tokyo Ghoul S, which I found out is also out there as an animated movie. Uh, which is a secret uh, to this. But, you know, that's... Don't worry about it. The artwork in the manga is horrible. <laughs> okay. Well, let's put that for another day. So, anyway, so as we close out the show, uh, since the Dean is not going to be around next week... No, sure. oh, no. Let's do it. No, no. <laughs> Ooh, hell no. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, we're not going to go that route. Uh, but so we're... Since, like I said, the, the Dean is not going to be here next week and it was going to be his pick, so we're just kind of switching up the rotation. So I'm going to take his spot. So I just I want to go back to, you know, we, don't, we just want to have a fucking good time. We want to watch a horror movie. We don't want to have to think about it too much. You know, in that classic 80s era, one of my favorite subgenres of horror is heavy metal horror. It's on Shudder. It's a movie called Black Roses from 1988, directed by John. I've never saw a heavy metal horror. I didn't want to make Fazano. 
Uh, it's just a fun <laughs> time, guys. Like, it's just, there's nothing serious about this movie. It's over the top. It's stupid. It's silly. It's got tits. It's got ass. It's got a killer heavy metal soundtrack. So I'm looking forward to talking about Black Roses next week here on the show. Heavy metal! Cool. <laughs> Rock and roll. Yeah, that'll be, yeah, there's going to be a, a lot of a lot of devil horns being thrown up next weekend, you know, as we shout at the devil and shout out Black Roses. Uh, it, like I said, it's, it's a completely over-the-top, stupid, tits-out, rock-out movie that I'm looking forward to talking about, uh, just getting back to horror basics. So thank you so much, uh, Monkey, for joining us for the conversation. We'll see you back here next week. Yep, and thank you for listening to tonight's episode of Talking Terror, and let me come in your ear. Good night, everybody. <laughs> oh, so adorable. All right, and uh, Gould, why don't you hit us? <laughs> I got, I, I got, I got mine all the way up to the console, so I'm good. <laughs> don't get monkey herpes. Aside from that, no, you don't want to get that. <laughs> and as always, I'm your old pal, the King Orange G, saying thank you so much for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, if you want to hit us on our Facebook page, we're on we're on Facebook at Talking Terror. We're also on Instagram over at Talking Terror. Uh, not so much on Twitter, but you can also find us, like the monkey always says, on Block Talk Radio. Spotify, iTunes, anywhere you find your podcasts. Tell your friends, tell your mom, tell your dad because it's Father's Day is a Sunday. What better way to kind of have bonding time with good old dad than some talking there? You know, it would be a great way, you know, to, to hear a bunch of guys talk about a lot of sex, a lot of gore, and a lot of boobs. And what better way I to do that than next week's paper but fun. I use it mostly to follow porn stars <laughs> and, and chat with them. So <laughs> That's what Twitter's for. <laughs> That's what Twitter's for. What better way? What right. better way to? What better way to bond on Father's Day? Hey, let's get together and let, let's Instagram some porn stars. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> maybe you know your dad has a favorite scene that you want to talk about. Maybe you have a favorite scene you want to talk. about. Maybe you guys like the both the same stars. Uh, Who knows? That should be bonding. Uh, like, yeah. you want me and Khalifa too, Dad? Oh hell yeah! All right, porn yeah. it is for Father's Day. <laughs> you know, but. Anyway, uh, keep America strong. Watch horror movies. Hail Satan. Hail yourselves. Hail Odorous. We'll see you back here next week for some metal. Only the talking metal you can do. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha! In my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.